before we get into today's episode, just wanted to remind you guys, as always, this episode is sponsored by our friends, close personal Twitter friends, at Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.com at P-O-D-G-O.com. Definitely go do that if you have a podcast. And stick around and listen to this one because it's all things Crown Tundra, Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC. It was a nice surprise to both of us, so we're very happy to say that. And we're very happy to talk about it on this episode, so hope you guys enjoy. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the switch it up podcast episode 12 season 2 my name is tyler and i am of course joined as always by my co-host colby moyer how you doing i'm a little tired not gonna lie uh, we had to you know that everyone knows that's in the times right now that that covid flu team up is right around the corner so we had to negate the flu part of it so i got my flu shot today didn't start to feel the side effects until about two when <laughs> when I kind of just like dozed off in my again dozed off in my 330 class. It's two weeks in a row now. But other than that, yeah, uh, very excited for today's episode. But before we get into that, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right as well. I've been tired the past few days, uh, you know, similarly, but probably not as uh, physically as you. But, uh, you know, have some big projects coming up confusing as hell coding sucks but uh you know we're getting we're we're grinding it out and uh, i'm also very excited for today's episode we have some have some fun topics but uh yeah with that i want to just hop right into the main meat and potatoes of today oh of course so unless you've been living under a rock uh the final piece of the sword and shield puzzle came out late thursday at late Thursday night for yes. us on the Eastern Coast, for those who are overseas or for overseas, it might even been Friday they got it, like Friday morning. But yeah. anyways, yeah, the Crown Tundra, which is the final part of the Pokemon DLC, is out, and we're gonna talk all about it. We're gonna give it a score. We're gonna just we've played through the entire main story already. Both of us have, and all we have left really is to catch all the legendaries. So before yeah. we get into that. Just want to preview this by saying this. I think this is important to get out of the way. I think both of us are on the same page when it comes to we still don't think Pokemon Sword and Shield are good games. So we're judging this based in the realm of what this has to offer within the game. Yeah. 
So with that uh, said, with that said, Crown Tundra is good. I think it's good. It's good a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people think it's good. Actually, Nintendo Life seven out of ten. Literally, they just said good underneath. That was their review. <laughs> Metacritic fans, fan scores a nine out of ten. That's really good. Google is a ninety-five percent, but Google's like always positive on everything. So, mm. and Destructoids a seven and a half out of ten. So. Before we get into the pros, cons, all the story stuff, just what are your thoughts on Pokemon Sword and Shield Crown Tundra? I think Crown Tundra takes a lot of the good things that were, you know, the good aspects of the base game uh, of Sword and Shield and uh, really utilizes them to their utilizes them to their fullest uh, in the short amount of time that, you know, you're able to play the main story. Uh, you know, like Especially coming off the back of Isle of Armor, which was, you know, less than spectacular. Uh, this definitely this definitely set the bar much higher uh, in, you know, in the sense of Sword and Shield, where the bar is already rather low. Uh, it feels like Crown Tundra was almost produced by a different set of individuals. You said that, and I was like, this is a great idea to talk about, because... So I got the DLC, like, I bought the DLC Thursday afternoon. So it didn't come out until, like, 9 o'clock Thursday night, and I didn't play it till Friday morning. But, so Thursday afternoon, I'm like, well, I have Isle of Armor to play, so I might as well play that. And it's horrible. Like, it's bad. I <laughs> do not like, like Isle of Armor at all. The yeah, best it's... thing that comes out of that is Urshifu. Like, literally, that's it. You play through the entire story just so you can get him. Yeah, it's not... Isle of Armor, it just lacks a lot of content like it barely adds to sword and shield and you know in contrast to where i believe that uh crown tundra definitely does add a substantial amount to the base game but isle of armor just feels like you know just not worth your time to do like you don't really get a whole lot out of it the story itself isn't very good uh or or even just intriguing or interesting in any way uh the the main legendary is some is probably the most interesting thing about it and even then like that it pales in comparison to even like the the worst parts of crown tundra yeah this it's night and day compared to isle of armor crown tundra is i god i hope it was made by a different team that'd be so funny like i it just feels like it did it feels like there's just a different atmosphere about it it feels like you know different uh things were prioritized in its in its making even the, you know, even the, you know, wild area, the area itself, uh, you know, the, the place that you traverse, uh, I, even that, I believe, is more well-constructed than Isle of Armor. And Isle of Armor has a pretty good, like, map design. But, you know, this one is obviously bigger, and, you know, there's more things to do. And because of, you know, what is offered and the rewards of you doing the task within it, it makes me want to explore it more. So... Yeah, uh, if you guys can't tell already, so, uh, Crown Tundra is definitely uh, <laughs> is definitely up. up the, yeah, I was about to say is definitely uh, of the positive opinion between us, and uh, I believe now we'll unless you want to give your if you have anything else to say generally before we get into the the specifics and Good go kind of like point yeah. point by point. I'll just say this: it's it's easily the best part of Sword and Shield. Yeah, like easily, it's the most enjoyable. I haven't left the area like since I've gotten it, so I've spent 
Good God, I had 25 play hours on Sword and Shield, and I think I'm already up to like 40 just this weekend alone playing playing yeah. Crown Tundra. And I the main story took me probably four or five hours, about what it did for most people. Yeah. And I've just been in there doing the legendary dens. You know, I spent all all of today hunting for a Dratini. Finally got one. Hey, and there you go. Yeah, so I just Crown Tundra has so much more to offer and there's so much so much more unique, has so much more flavor than Isle of Armor and even the base game for that matter. Star Tournament helps with that, but we'll get into the Star Tournament a little bit later. Yeah. But yeah, so I made a pros and cons list and at the end of it we can just give our scores but we can just kind of bat back and forth here with the pros and stuff. Alright. So I think the first pro is obvious, all the legendaries are being back is yes. just super helpful. And mm-hmm. the fact that not every single one is in a legendary den is unique to me. And we'll just do this is a spoiler review, by the way. So yeah, of course, if, of course. If you so skip ahead to the timestamp description if you don't want to hear spoilers for this and you don't have it yet. But what did you think the coolest part about the legendaries within the main three quests were? So you have the birds, you have Calyrex, and you have the Reggies. Which was your favorite of the three? Yeah, that's really a tough like I was thinking about this before. The individual quests that you go on in this game are all actually really cool. They are. Uh, if not just for the premise alone, but the legendaries that you obtain after it. I think my favorite part was, it's got to be the legendary birds, man. Actually, yeah. it's really tough. It is really tough. I think the best overall is the Calyrex quest. Obviously, flagship sure. legendary. That's what, you know, the big premise of this uh game is or of this expansion is that one is probably in my opinion the best overall well done of the three quests but i guess my personal favorite if i had to go you know include more bias in it would be the legendary bird quest just because of how well they executed the uh, the redesigns of the of zapdos moltres and articuno and how they you know changed up their battles and and how they made them difficult to catch it's really refreshing to go back to the days where you know, legendaries are actually a challenge to to take on and catch and track down. Uh, it really makes you feel like you're going on an adventure, which I always uh, like to see in Pokemon games. Yeah, and something that so. was missing in this one. So yes, it's nice but, to have that back. Yeah, Calyrex. Uh, I guess are we? We should probably go through the uh, the quest point like one by one, right? And kind of give. Yeah, our, we should. We, yeah, because there's characters and different plots and storylines introduced. So yeah, we'll go yeah. through it really. We'll go through it really quickly. Yeah, like I when I just said uh, right before we did this that I believe Crown Tundra takes a lot of what a lot of the good from Sword and Shield uh, and amplifies them to make it you know to 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 its inv- advantage. And I feel like the one thing that was on my mind when I said that was characters. Yes, I feel like they did a Sword and Shield did a good job of introducing uh, interesting characters and kind of varied characters that you get to, you know, see develop a little more than you normally do in Pokemon games, mm-hmm. uh, save maybe Black and White and uh, the Unova games because they kind of did that before this game. Yes, of course. But you no, know, we have some interesting characters. We have Peony. We have his daughter Peonia. Uh, the and I guess we, you know, you have Cal- you give Calyrex himself. Calyrex is a character. Yeah, he has. Yeah, his they own. made. I love this part. They made Calyrex a character. So Calyrex can possess people's bodies and speak through them. So you actually get to interact with Calyrex as he uh, speaks through Peony's body. Peony himself is a great character on his own. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's very goofy. He's, spoilers, 
He is the younger brother of Chairman Rose, which is really cool. Ty former, the, uh, former gym leader, all that. Former stuff. champion too. Former champion. So, uh, yeah, he's the real deal. So yeah, he's he is really cool. His uh, interactions with his daughter are really cool uh, and funny to see. He has a lot of shenanigans. Uh, but you know, Calyrex himself, I can see now why they didn't uh, really advertise Calyrex. I, as I was about to say that because it just hits that. you like a truck in this. You know, like I am talking to a Pokemon. Like you're getting Mewtwo first Pokemon movie vibes from Calyrex as he's yep. speaking uh, directly to the player character, and we're going on tasks. He's kind of like he's kind of almost the same amount of a partner to you as Peony is because. You you both are kind of doing the uh, the task to restore his power as king and find his lost steed, exactly, uh, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And I, I don't know, I just really enjoyed uh, interacting with Calyrex. And uh, as the story progressed, you get to uh, choose which horse, which steed. Uh, which steed you reclaim, either the ghost type Spectrier or the ice type Glastrier. And eventually, when you do. Uh, reunite Calyrex with his uh, his steed, uh, who he had lost many many years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. They combine into one Pokemon. Uh, <sighs> stats are broken, and his stats are nuts. Uh, you know, one's more offensive, one's more defensive. I believe you can also separate them after, yeah. but it's kind of like a new fusion uh, Pokemon. The, the DNA splicers from Black and White too. Yeah, this is the first time we've seen any kind of fusion similar to that, but. You know, it's a little goofy little how they bit. make them into one Pokemon, and I definitely think the other legendaries are better in terms of design. But in terms of like the culmination of the story and just the battle with Calyrex, it really just all ties it up really nice. And this is just the first quest. You know, is and, this the first? Was this the first one you did? Was the Calyrex? Oh yeah, one? No, that Calyrex was the first one you did. Important point: you don't have to do it first. Yeah, like he gives you, uh, Peony gives you the three legendary clues at the very beginning and you can go off and do them in whatever order you want yeah and then you also have uh sonia's quest where you have to go find the swords of justice yeah so this this expansion gives you a lot of freedom to do a lot of the different you know the bulk of the of the content whereas you know it feels like there's like four times the content as there was in isle of armor to do here yeah it's ridiculous because you know in Isle of Armor, you just had one quest, and that didn't take very long. And in this no. one, you have essentially four, uh, and I guess the one fifth one at the very end. Yeah. Uh, we complete all the others, but I don't know, man. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into the rest of them. Uh, Calyrex, first one I did, uh, definitely uh, lived up to the to the hype. I feel and surprised me in ways that I, I definitely didn't expect. So yeah, just just one more thing to add on to that, like even. Something that this DLC captured that really the game, I think, missed out on as a whole is that adventure aspect. Just like the culmination of getting to Calyrex and his steed like face-to-face for the final time. Like at that at that summit, at that, um, they call it the Shrine, right? Yeah, the Shrine Ruins. Yeah, the Shrine Ruins. Just yeah. getting, like, getting there is awesome, too, because you see going up a mountain the whole time. There's just a ton of different... Ton of different like things you can see out in the wild area. Wild area is great in this DLC too, mm-hmm. and I just think that culmination of that Cali Rex quest, it, although it wasn't my personal favorite, it's still a really good quest, and it was a great way to start off what turned out to be a very very promising DLC. 
Yeah, yeah. So since I took up the bulk of that one, uh, you can not only uh, I'll allow you to choose uh, which which one we cover next, and then so you can speak I'll your do, piece. I'll do it in the order that we, I did it. So I went Calyrex first, then I did the Reggies. So okay, I have the Reggies written down here as another positive. The Reggie riddles. So what I appreciate about this DLC is it treated the player as if they've played a video game before. Like yeah, they as if they played a Pokemon game before because the riddles. Some maybe some people got it like that, but some were definitely a little more challenging than others. Like the very first one with Reggie Steel, I'm like, how do you get in here? And I was like, just whistle, just literally press down your joystick and you'll get in. I'm like, all right. But the Reggie Rock one where it was like, let the Pokemon hold a stone that won't let it like turn. I'm like, oh, that's an Everstone. Now I just gotta go yeah. find an Everstone. So it was semi challenging in that way. And the Reggies aren't easy to catch at all. Like, they're oh pretty god, tough. no. <laughs> Cali Rex was easy for me to catch. I don't know about you, but really. I, I, I caught Calyrex on the first ball. Oh my, no, Calyrex took a, a shit ton of my Pokeballs to this, catch. The Reggies and Swords of Justice took up a ton of my, and the Birds, so Calyrex was really kind of like my only blessing, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, getting all the Reggies, it's just, the Reggies are awesome, their, their music's awesome. Yeah. And the new Reg, the new Reggies is, though that's a cool little shrine too that you do between yeah. Reggie, L, Reggie, Drake, Drake, and we gotta do the Reggie Gigas thing, by the way. But <laughs> yes, we do. We do have to do that. So yeah, I'm just trying to remember like how you get what. What do you do to get into the Reggie the Reg- mixed Reg- Ice? Shrine? Yeah, no, I know, I know. So it's the you oh, have the a, mixed one. Yeah, the Chronicle has to be leading your party getting a Reg Ice. Yeah, though you whistle them to get into the steel. Holding hold, your lead party Pokemon holds an Everstone to get into the Reggie Rock. And how the hell did you get into the fourth yeah. one? You just have to put all the all the Reggies. In oh your yeah, party. put the Reggies in your party, and then you have to. This is the tricky part. This is where I think. Oh so you yeah, have to yeah, match yeah. The design on the front of the shrines to which one you want, and that like took me. I had like back out of the shrine a few times. Like, wait, what's the design? But yeah, I wanted no. The Reggie Drago one isn't very uh, intuitive. It's not lined up perfectly like Reggie Alecki no. is. Uh, I wanted Reggie Alecki anyway, but I was like, for shits and giggles, let me try to like activate the the floor panels for the eye pattern of. Yeah. Uh, Reggie Drago, I couldn't get it. Like I, I didn't. I, you had to skip like, a. You had to skip minutes. a dot in the middle. Yeah, it took me ten minutes to get it. Yeah, but uh, I wanted Reggie Lucky anyway, so I did the. Uh, I'm I'm per, I'm sure that's maybe what a lot of. I feel like a Reggie Lucky was actually the more popular of the two. Probably. Uh, he's definitely making waves in the uh, the competitive circle, uh, with you know his insane. His speed is like base two hundred. It's nuts. Oh jeez. Uh, he's very speedy, but. Uh, he only has like electric type moves. Like he has no other types of moves besides like electric and normal, which uh, you know not the best. But competitive is not what we're talking about today. Uh, Reggie Lucky and Reggie Drago definitely good additions to the uh, to the Reggie family. I think. I think so. I think so too. They're. I I just master ball by Reggie Drago because I was I was fed up by that point. I'm like, all right, I just want to get the hell out of here. So yeah, I, I still, threw a master ball. At it. <laughs> I still have my uh, my master balls. I tried I, to. Yeah, I completely forgot that you didn't get a master ball in the main game. No, you do. You get two? Yeah, he, uh, uh, Peony gives you a second one. You definitely get a Master Ball in the main game. I don't even know, I don't even know what to use it on. Probably the Zassian that I traded to you. But <laughs> oh, yeah, you probably did. Probably the one that I traded to you. But, but uh, yeah, yeah right. the, Reg, oh, yes. the Reggie quest was... Again, it didn't take me that long once I got going. None of these quests really took me long once I got going. Yeah. But again, I just think something that is very cool. Finding the shrines too is some, is unique because they're all hidden yeah, away in yeah. different areas, and it makes you go out and actually explore all of the Crown Tundra and what it has to offer. So, I, another great 
Another great little side quest. Uh, what was that? What was that side quest called? They all different names. Uh, oh yes. So Calyrex was the sacred bonds between Sovereign yep. and Steed. Reggie's was uh, something Titans lurking locked away. Yeah, something like that. And then the, the legendary tree of legendary three. Was... Yeah, the legendary tree of legendary three. And then the Ultra Beast one at the very yeah. end is uh, they came from the Ultra Beyond. But uh, yeah, I feel like I want to elaborate on that real just real quick uh the finding the the uh the temples that the reggies are located in was actually probably the uh the most fun part about it for me probably because, me too, yeah you know i obviously reggie steel one is like right outside the village but you know figuring out where the others were only giving the region where they were uh was a fun challenge especially when you don't know you know anything about the crown tundra or the layout yet so uh you know definitely a fun challenge to find them the Reggie riddles are definitely not as hard as they were in generations past, especially no. Gen 3. But, no. you know, I feel like it's better this way. Uh, don't need to read Braille or have specific Pokemon use HMs in specific places. Can you imagine uh, there the paid, paid content? It's like, yeah, here are the most impossible riddles you'll ever have to solve. I mean, I'm sure some people would appreciate that. And, you know, I feel like this is a nice middle ground. Like the, the, uh, Riddles probably could have been a little harder, but I was okay with how they executed them here. I was alright with it too. No, no but yeah, Reggie is definitely a a plus uh, addition as well. Plus. Weaved very well into the environment of the Crown Tundra uh, and the yeah, Reggie they... the Reggie Gigas quest, which neither of us have done yet. Uh, also, a very unique challenge because that Reggie Gigas is level one hundred. I did not know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. So, and do you have to have all the Reggies in your party to catch it? You do. So. Oh. You need basically all five Reggies and then a Pokemon that can just beat that thing down before slow start goes away or else you're pretty much screwed. Level 100. Yeah, that'll, that's going to be fun. Yeah, that's, I'm glad that Game Freak really brought back some challenging bosses in this DLC. Yeah, nothing like not only the legendaries really... where you have to catch them, but you know, obviously the secret Regigigas fight as well. Well, speaking of challenging, let's just get right into the birds. That wasn't That was no... That was not easy either. Like none of the legendaries in this DLC were easy to catch. Definitely not. Uh, you said which was your favorite? Your favorite quest again of the My three? My favorite quest was probably the birds because I like how you had birds. to go out. And f- I like how you had to go out and find them. Uh, Reggie was a close second though, just because I think those battles were really awesome and they were challenging to catch. Yeah, I I, I can't wait to talk about the birds. That was probably, that's one of my favorite parts about this DLC. Yeah, the, you can t- take it away, please. Your favorite quest? Uh, let's just get right into it. So, Delorean. Zapdos, Articuno, and Moltres, they come out of the sky, take it away. <laughs> yeah, so you initiate this quest by going to the very bottom of the uh, of the map where there's the Dyna tree. Uh, it's just this giant tree uh, in the middle of this lake. And uh, you ride up to it, initiates a cutscene where, you know, Moltres comes down, snacks on the fruit, gets attacked by Zapdos, gets attacked by Articuno. You know, they're all, they hate, they're like rivals, they're, oh they're getting God. ready to fight. Your Rotom phone goes off. They all look at you. And that was a funny scene because you don't really get to see uh, a lot of uh, expression from the player character a whole lot. Uh, In this game, uh, it's definitely better than past Pokemon games. Uh, But, you know, (laughs) the character looks visibly concerned when they're trying to shut up the Rotom phone as these three legendary uh, (laughs) birds are, are staring it down. But after that, legendary birds fly off and or in Zapdos's case uh, he runs i guess he but cannot fly <laughs> he cannot fly but peony calls you up and he says hey 
the three birds have appeared in the three wild areas across all expansions. So, uh, uh, go find them. <laughs> Zap, I was about to say, go find them. Zapdos is in the base wild area. Moltres is in the uh, the Isle of Armor, and Articuno is chilling out in the in the Crown Tundra. So they are. This is the new type of roaming legendary, I guess. This is the Game Freak's new way of doing uh, roaming legendaries, at least for this uh, for this expansion, where you can see them in the overworld and you can chase them down. Uh, and they all have their own little gimmicks, which you have to work around to try and uh, catch them. Uh, well, I'm going to go from easiest to hardest. All right. Uh, and how I think. So I think Zapdos was the easiest, personally. To find, yeah, for sure. I also fly. think, to, to, <laughs> yeah, to find, uh, you know, base wild area is very flat. You can see him from a mile away. And he only sticks to one yeah. uh, area most of the time. So honestly, I just got on my bike. I didn't know what his gimmick was, so I just kind of kept chasing him as he <laughs> kept running. Him. You kind, you do kind of, you just keep chasing him, and then eventually he gets, you know, tired. He starts running slower, and then you can find an opening to to cut him off. And yeah, encounter. just cut him off. Uh, I don't, I don't think I cut him off per se. I think he just kind of stopped and turned around for a second. I had to cut I him off. He, he kept, put, he kept putting the brakes on me. I'm like, that's right, what I, that's right what I've now. been hearing from some people as well. Some people had to try to cut him off around the tower or some other place yeah. but you know zapdos i feel like was the easiest to catch for me no weather effects screwing everything up uh definitely the God, easiest no. for me to catch he beat uh, the brakes off my team so <laughs> he was the hardest very, to catch for me i was about to say he's very strong but uh i think i had uh, a ghost type i had calyrex on my team okay. so uh his fighting type moves didn't have an effect on me uh but moving on to the second uh, uh in the middle ground was uh moltres for me uh same here. Moltres now, was probably Moltres, my... If I wasn't lucky, Moltres probably uh, would still be flying out in the Isle of Armor. Super <laughs> hard. Yeah, because Moltres never stops flying. Like, it's just a constant pace, and it goes around the entire Isle of Armor. I'm so happy they did that. I'm so happy they put him in the Isle of Armor and, like, made that place actually worth going back to. Yeah, they. And it was it's tough because he goes out to open waters like where there's nothing between you and him but just sea, which I believe slows down your bike a little bit. Like, I don't think you go as fast on the water as you do on land. But definitely not. You know, you but he has a predetermined pattern. So you can kind of wait in one area and then kind of just wait for him to fly overhead and you'll encounter him. I've heard some people say you have to whistle to get his attention. Uh, I I believe it. I didn't do that, but I believe it. Yeah, I kind of just went underneath his path and he just encountered me so i i just waited for him right by the water tower for the urshifu tower and i just kind of just drove up onto that little patch of land and he saw me he's like oh well gotta fight you now yeah i just kind of got lucky because one of you know the path that he usually takes uh that you can just kind of wait there is right in front of the dojo he'll fly over that bridge with the diglet man and you know he'll just fly right into your path if you're standing there yeah uh i just kind of met him there uh, out of coincidence, at, in an attempt to cut him off, so I got lucky in that regard. But the battle yeah. itself was also kind of difficult because he has Nasty Plot, which raises a special attack a crap ton. He also has Berserk, the ability, which uh, if you get him below half health, uh, his special attack gets boosted by one stage. So, obviously, if I'm trying to false swipe him down, uh, he's going to be hella strong. Also, it was raining, so his oh, hurricane God. was 100% accurate on me. So my brutal. team was my team was taking a beating from uh, from Galarian Moltres. 
I'm he's probably in the front runner for my favorite of the three birds. I think so too for me. Just because he's his cool design, design so cool. Definitely an upgrade from Moltres' base design, which I believe uh definitely lends to the appeal of these uh, Galarian yeah. redesigns. But on to I believe both of our picks for one of the hardest uh, encounters of this DLC. Good guy, uh, he's talking about Uno. Between juking me out and me accidentally killing him like twice. Yeah, so, it was not fun. Articuno. There's a there's a lot of reasons which makes this fight hard. One is finding him. So it's kind of hard to find that's out where he is. I, I, from what I I've have, seen, there are two locations that's, that he kind that's of flies exactly back and forth That's from. exactly what I was about to say. Right by the cemetery and right yeah. by the Reggie Steel Tower. Like on right. the ledge above the Reggie Yes, the red giants, uh, like right where you first find Verizian's footsteps, which we get into. But that's where he he kind of just hangs out there. He doesn't. Like, oh wait, meet. you said by the Reggie Steel Temple. So that first area where you leave the town and oh. you go down into the giant's bed, it's right on that little slope right there at the snow. That's oh, where I he found might it. have more than he might have more than because I in the my my encounter with him was on the snowslide slope uh, above the red ice temple. Oh, jeez, so, no, I did not. So as you can see, we don't really have a consensus on where this guy is, which is, which should be proof enough that he's kind of hard to find. But then when you do find him, if you don't know his gimmick, you will probably uh, not uh, encounter him the first time. Because yeah. when you do corner him in one of these predetermined locations where he seems to uh, land, or I guess hover above, yeah, he will split himself into three uh, illusionary copies and uh, the real one will like do a little animation and then he'll spin around and you have to keep your eye on him and then run into the real one to encounter him. But uh, I didn't know that and I didn't see the animation when it started. So I ran into him Same and here. I picked the wrong one and he flew away and it took me probably an hour to find him again. Uh, and then uh-huh. I knew what to do at that point. But what's also cool is that he you know, disappears when you run into the right one. And then you're like, oh, shoot, what, what do I do? Where, where do you go? Right you. And then he just, boom, jump scares you, teleports uh, right next to you, and you start the encounter, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, very. But that's, that's number one. That's hard part number one. <laughs> hard part number two is that he's not a nice type anymore. And in the Crown Tundra, wherever you encounter him, I think it's always hailing. Yes. So you have a timer on the clock if you want to catch this guy, especially if you want to whittle him down and paralyze him first before uh, trying to throw a ball at him. Uh, so, you know, people have devised some, some clever strategies. Um, most of them involving a Pokemon that can use another weather move. Uh, for me, I wanted a Pokemon that could set up a weather and also use Thunder Wave. Uh, so I used my competitive, um, uh, Rotom Wash, uh, for the first time outside of competitive battle to, uh, to call in Rain Dance and Thunder Wave and then bring in my Gallade to, uh, to fall swipe him down. So it, it definitely took me a few tries uh, to figure out the strategy. I, I, I uh, knocked him out a few times, so I had to you know, restart the save. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's things like that. Like, it, they provide a unique challenge. Yeah. Gameplay provided a unique legendary catch challenge uh, that makes it very memorable and much more different from a lot of the other legendary encounters in this game and in past games as well. So, you know, it, it's things like that that really elevate the Crown Tundra in my mind and what also... Uh, elevates this specific quest within the crown tundra uh, into one of my top spots as well 
Yeah, it's definitely the little things and the fact that it's not a complete pushover when it comes to once you find the birds, okay, you're just guaranteed it's like a fifty percent catch rate. No, it's actually it's actually tough. And again, the weather thing with Articuno, the Zapto's running around like he's <laughs> he was he's tough to pin down and then Moltres just is around the Isle of Armor. It's just unique and all that stuff is again just a great touch onto it. So after you get done with all that, you now have Sonya comes to the Crown Tundra where she's like, okay, we think that there are these three legendaries roaming the yeah. roaming the, the Crown Tundra. I need you to get these footsteps and find out, and we can find out where they are. So the actual footsteps you find in multiple areas in the Crown Tundra. So you can go from the Giant's Bed, I think, is the main one where you find the footsteps, For, and the, yeah. in the Lakeside Cave, and the Frozen, in the Frigid Sea. Those are the, the three... Yeah. legendaries are and as we alluded to earlier it is the justice trio cobalion verizion and terrakion the thing is them though is they will just spawn like a normal the wild pokemon yeah they don't have like a they don't have a glorian bird gimmick where they're flying right to chase them down no once you find their footsteps and go back to their spawn area they're just gonna be in the wild area mm-hmm. so uh, yeah who, <laughs> sorry go ahead, go ahead yeah okay so I, I, the footsteps I think were the coolest part of this for me because I didn't really know, I didn't really listen to Sonya because I don't really, I just kind of hit through A and like, all right, just let me get to the next thing. But yeah, yeah. I got to the cave right by the, by the tree and I'm like, wait, what the hell? And I look on the ground and there's these footsteps and I'm like, oh, geez, that's how you find these legendaries. I didn't know who they were at the time. So yeah, neither did I. I forgot completely what they, what they were. Yeah. So I go around the, I find all these footsteps and I go back to her and she's like, all right, just go back to the cave. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was just there. He's not there. So I drive my bike around a little bit and I found Trachion in the cave and he was a, a pain in the ass to catch. All these guys yeah. were for me. So I'm like, oh, okay, it's the Justice Trio. And it actually took me a while to get to Verizion and Cobalion because I just, I once you find all Verizion's footsteps in the snow, it gets a lot tougher to find out where her steps were. Because she spawns, I think, right by the cemetery or like the plant above it. Yeah, it's kind of between and, the cemetery and the uh, the Reggie so, Steel. Yeah, it's kind of like right in the center of those two. And Cobalion spawns on a platform in the Frigid Sea. Yeah. So you kind you have to go to those areas and interact with them. Cobalion was the hardest to catch for me because again the hail and I didn't have a weather effect. So if I didn't catch him with six Ultra Balls, he was gonna die. Because yep. I would, I would, I would use discharge with my luxury. I get him to like, like thirty five percent. Hope for paralysis, and then if I didn't get paralysis, I had six tries. So <laughs> that took me a bit. Killed him a few times, but again, that was just another neat little thing that I think Crown Tundra did, and that I really enjoyed. Yeah, that kind of acted as a uh, a fourth uh, quest, quest, a fourth legendary quest. When I saw the footprints, I thought I was like, "Is this like new legendaries? Like, yeah. what's going on here?" Um, I think the hardest to, I, for Verizion they weren't super difficult because you know I was, I was looking for these things like I was like I gotta do this now because <laughs> I I thought these footprint there was only a certain amount of these footprints if I can't find them all I am screwed and I'm gonna have to look up a guide but that's not the case there are far more uh, footprints than you need uh, to get all 100 percent of the data I believe need- they also respawn. Yeah, you, you need, need what, 50, fifty of each foot. You need fifty of each footprint because they give two percent uh, completion data each time, and 
uh, yeah, I believe these footprints will like respawn around the map. Uh, or when you start a trail, it'll kind of like spawn around you. Yeah. Uh, because if you're in view of another footprint and you get the last footprint, it'll just disappear. Yeah. So there are, I don't think you'll have trouble finding the footprints, uh, which is good. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, they give you more than you need and it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, in very obscure areas. Because that's what I thought at first. And these things are not like super easy to pinpoint. No, Unless not. you're like really looking for them. So I was terrified. I was like, this is going to suck. But <laughs> it really wasn't so bad. I thought Terrakions were going to be difficult because they look like stones on the ground. Yeah, literally. That, he, so, it took me a while to get going with him. Like, oh, wait, those are his footsteps. But, like, if you go to the spot where he spawns later, they're just all over the place. Like, I got yeah. probably two-thirds of them in that one area. That's, yeah, one, so. And then Cobalions were also pretty easy. They were glowing blue, stand, stood out enough from the environment. You'd find them pretty easy uh, near the Frigid Sea. But... Yeah, no, very another fun legendary quest. And for the first time ever, after you get these three legends and you show them to Sonya, she will leave. And then this is another thing the Crown Tundra does beautifully. It shows it has so many like Easter eggs and secrets in it, uh, or at least just more than usual that, yes. that you find in is in Sword and Shield and, you know, even some other Pokemon games as well. But if you go to the Dynatree and you take your bike into the uh, into the lake uh, you will find a little curry pot next to a tree uh, with red glowing footprints next to it. And if, this was this, this was, was good. This is, this is cool. If you make curry next to this pot or on this island, it might be uh, with you have to have the trio of legendaries in your party, which I didn't know at the time. So didn't work the first time for me. I had to do it again. Keldeo will appear in the overworld and you can catch Keldeo. The mythical Pokemon. Yeah, Yeah. it's a great little neat gimmick. They definitely did not have to put Keldeo in here, but you know, I you know, they they cared enough to do it. Yeah. Which, you know, again, makes me feel like this is made by a different group of people. Just because (laughs) I don't feel like the people who made Isle of Armor or even the base game of Crown or uh, even the base game of Sword and Shield would do that and yeah, no i don't think so either and it's just so cool because this is like a mythical pokemon you're not usually supposed to catch this in the main games it's kind of like a deoxys situation yeah is that, in, i was about to say is that the only mythical pokemon you can get in yeah no uh, sometimes this changes deoxys uh was a mythical pokemon in gen 3 but in omega ruby and alpha sapphire they added the post-game content to where you could catch him okay. uh, i believe keldeo you know is very similar in that regard uh where you are able to catch him in the overworld after you meet a certain set of conditions. But look it up. Uh, I believe those are the only two mythicals that you can catch in like the base game without any like Wi-Fi events or anything. But uh, and I'll just add this here as well. Uh, it's just another secret in the game. Uh, you can actually ca- there's a you can actually catch a Spiritomb in this game. Uh, there's only one, uh, so y- you know you have to do a special set of conditions for it. There's a tombstone hidden away uh, on the very edge of the map that says, let my voice, or it says, spread my voice when you read it. So this is actually a callback to the uh, the old days of Diamond, Diamond and Pearl when Spiritomb first made his debut, where you had to encounter 32 uh, people in the underground uh, Wi-Fi multiplayer minigame thing that they had, and then you could find Spiritomb. Uh, 
here you have to connect to the internet, so Spiritomb is locked behind Nintendo Online, which is a little meh. But if you talk to 32 passerbys, uh, Spiritomb will appear next to the tombstone. And 32 was the amount of people you had to talk to in Gen 4. So, again, a nice callback that they did not have to add that they cared enough to do. Mm-hmm. Which, again, you know, fans recognize that stuff. And it it elevates this DLC a bunch when you can feel that care get put into the game. Yes. So I feel like that's a, a big reason why Crown Tundra is going over so well with mm-hmm. everybody, not just because they really did do a good job with the mechanics and quests that they added, but also because, you know, there's just a tangible amount of care that you can feel in this expansion that in the base game just was not, uh, you know, in full force. Yes. So, yeah, that is the... Uh, the kind of for the Sonia quest, the the true the justice uh, trio plus Keldeo and uh, you know plus Spiritomb as well. The last mythical Pokemon you can get is Cosmog. You can get a Cosmog in this DLC. Oh yeah, well all you have to do is I, talk to a woman in Freezington. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I didn't realize Cosmog was considered mythical because it evolves into Solgaleo or Lunala. Yeah. So, but yes, you can also get Cosmog as well now. Is that everything you wanted to talk about in the three? That's main everything quests? as far as as far as the Crown Tundra stories go. That's all I wanted to talk about. So, right. what do we? What do you want to do now? Well, Star we do Journey? have one more. Actually, I feel like we should do the other thing first. Okay. Uh, the one thing that's really got us addicted. Uh, <laughs> Legendary. Yeah. Events. Yeah, the Dynamax adventures that they added. So there was a lot of speculation on how this would work. Oh. Uh, this is where you find the bulk of the returning legendaries, uh, and it was executed really well i think it was shocking to me i thought that the whole lent borrowing a pokemon thing and having to do these having to basically go through like a almost a like a juggernaut like quest like, like a gauntlet style. Yeah, yeah gauntlet essentially i'm like Ugh, like i'm going to get these get these rental pokemon i'm going to have to do it with like do it with online sometimes do it with the npc sometimes no um i can't really find any complaints with it because again it's executed very nicely i'm just so out of tune with after gen 5 i kind of just stopped playing pokemon until gen 8 so i see like i'm like what the hell fairy type legendary? <laughs> what even qualifies as a fairy type legendary so yeah no i thought this dynamax adventures is it's way more fun when you do it with actual people oh so yeah for sure way more fun and and a lot easier because you know people having brains in their heads that helps yes but no, it's just it's a ton of fun. The rental Pokemon are actually kind of good. Some of them are good. Yeah, these uh these adventures are definitely are definitely much better than the raids. I feel just by themselves. Hundred percent. Uh, you know the the generating shields mechanic of the raid Pokemon got really old, uh, really quickly, and it kind of sucked that you just kind of had a hard stop on how much damage you could do. I was afraid there that the legendaries are able to generate shields and I'd be like, oh my god, I'm gonna be yeah. in so, and catch I was about to say the, the the shield the Dynamax shields that are normally in raids are not in this. Basically you have this little map, uh this uh kind of overworld map that uh you can choose multiple different paths to take through in order to get to a legendary Pokemon at the end, which only has its one of its types revealed. Uh so you know, like it could say water type, and that could be Suicune, Palkia, Kyogre, uh, any one of them, and you don't know. 
I have a are some of the tr- are some of the legendary split between the games. So can you get Groudon and Kyogre? I, I think those are separate. No, yeah. Some some legendaries are uh, exclusive, but if you do it online, uh, you know they're not exclusive. Like if someone has Shield, and then you join that, and like say you have Sword, and you join my lobby, and we find a Shield exclusive Pokemon, you can just catch it. Like it's not. Yeah, it's not really. It's, it's not, not like really that catch. tricky. Yeah, yeah. It's, being online, the exclusive Pokemon uh, aren't too hard to come by. Yeah, so you don't have to rely on trading or anything. You can just join enough raids, and you'll eventually probably find one. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I believe it's a series of three regular Dynamax battles and then the final uh, battle. It is, yes, in which you can take... It splits off into two routes, which then gets into a little bit bigger. I think it goes 2-2-3 two, two, as far as who you can track down, like as far as routes go. Yeah, I believe there's also some variation to that as well. Like yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you won't have yeah. three options. It'll just be two the entire way. But, yeah. you know, along the way, you can find, uh, you know, NPCs that can give you items, or they can switch out your Pokemon for a random uh, Pokemon that you can't see until you pick it up. Uh, and you can kind of see uh, th- the regular Pokemon that you battle along the way are kind of in the same vein as the legendaries, and the fact that they are obscured by mist, and you can only see one of their types, but you can actually see the silhouette of yeah, these you can regular tell. Pokemon. If, if you've played so, Pokemon before, you can tell. Yeah, you can communicate and be like, oh, that's a beware, even though it just says normal. Or, oh, yeah. that's a that's definitely a Scolipede or, you know, things like that. And you only have four feints allowed in this entire thing. Great gimmick. So it's actually I thought that was going to be really hard, but it's actually really not, it's actually a really cool, uh, you know, strategic element that you yeah. have to keep alive. Like, oh, we could go for this Pokemon because it's going to be strong against the legendary later and we can switch it out for one of the yeah. Pokemon that we have now. But it could take us out because we have some Pokemon weak to it. So we might want to go with this path. Yeah. Or this path has some, you know, this path has a scientist and a backpacker and some berries on it, but it has a lot of Pokemon that we're weak to. Do we want to risk that to get items and healing? Yeah, there's definitely some strategy behind it. Yeah. Again, it treats you like you have a brain in your head. It's very appreciative. Yeah, it's just the right amount of challenge, the right amount of strategy, uh, you know, and you, you you get to use Pokemon that you would pro- that some might probably never even touch otherwise. Uh, you know, you can be a, a, a you know some Pokemon are there for just support or healing. Others are there for like big damage or stat debuffs. Uh, you definitely have to you know really think about which Pokemon you're going to get, what moves you're going to do at any given time. Uh, definitely a a great mechanic that I have been addicted to for the past few yes. days. And probably what most of you uh, have seen on, you know, YouTube or social media is that this is a great shiny hunting method. Oh, my God. You, <laughs> I couldn't believe when you texted me this. Yeah. So the odds have been worked out and it's a consensus that it, without the shiny charm, which you get for completing the base game Pokedex of 400 Pokemon, it is one out of 300, which is already the best shiny odds i think in the series ever i think but, ever. i was about to say ever it gets better yeah it gets better charm. if you get the shiny charm it's actually one out of 100 and since you have the ability to catch four pokemon within this also again catch every pokemon yeah catch uh, every you pokemon. don't i was about to say catching it does not mean that you have to like bring it home with you because you only get to bring home one Pokemon Or at the even end. use it in the Dynamax. Yeah, you adventure. don't even have to use it, but you can catch it and then decide not to use it. But if you catch it, you can see if it's shiny at the end and then decide if you want it. But 
Yeah, you get, and since you have the ability to catch four Pokemon, because if you didn't already catch the legendary, you can catch that. Uh, it's a one out of twenty-five chance that you find a shiny, which is absolutely nuts. I have already found my first shiny doing this. Uh, it was a shiny on pheasant, so not super uh, exciting. Yeah, you take it. But yeah, you take that because it's it's pretty sick. Uh, I've been going on some people's streams of some YouTubers that I've watched and getting into their lobbies and trying to help them get shiny legendaries. Uh, I don't really... I'm not really too conservative with the legendaries. Like, if I see... You know, I've, I've caught a crap ton of legendaries already without really worrying about if they're shiny yeah, or not. Yeah, same here. But I'm saving a few. Like, Giratina, I'm saving. I want that shiny. And Feramosa, my favorite Ultra Beast, I also want to get that shiny, so I'm saving that as well. Rayquaza, shiny, need that shiny Rayquaza. Of course. Uh, you can, say you already say you find a legendary and you either lo- lose to it, or you you know don't want to catch it because it's not shiny. You because track you can it only, down. Yeah, you can save the location of it. So if you want to do a specifically Giratina raid in the future, you can do a Giratina raid. So you don't have to, it's not a wholly random chance that you, you know, re-encounter the Pokemon you want. You can just rapid fire Giratina raids until you get a shiny, which again, really good. And that feels like a mechanic that would not be in there if they weren't thinking about, you know, the player's experience. So I'm really glad that someone at Game Freak was like, you know what, it's probably a good idea to maybe have them, you know, save this so they can like farm, uh, the right version that they want. Yeah. I currently have, you can only save three though. So you can't just save every legendary and pick what you want. So I currently have Giratina, Feramosa and Landorus uh, lined up for, for my saved raids. I have Dialga, Xerneas and Ho-Oh. Oh yeah. I definitely do want to try to get Ho-Oh shiny. Shiny Ho-Oh. Favorite legendary. That would be my first ever. I think, if I do get it this generation, this would be my first shiny legendary ever. So, so, so would Lugia be in shield? Uh, I believe Lugia is only shield exclusive, and the Ho is sword. Yeah. Okay. So again, if you just do the online, it cancels out. So yeah, as I would say, especially if you have a friend uh, to do it with, you're totally fine. Yeah. Uh, honestly, if you just go on and find random teammates, uh, it's still just really fun to do. Like even if you're not searching for anything yeah. specific, super fun. I believe. If you want to find the one that you want and you've already found it before, you can get random teammates that way too just by searching for it online. Yeah. So, you know, definitely just a really good mechanic all around. It feels, you know, yeah. I don't have um, a lot of complaints. Uh, the one complaint I have is that when you cheer from the sidelines when your Pokemon <laughs> faints, sometimes it just doesn't do anything, which just <laughs> is Tyler, horrible. Tyler cheered me once. And it lowered it, it harshly lowered my defense. <laughs> harshly. I know why that is now. I know why that is. You had a Pokemon that had contrary. So every stat every stat uh reduction that you get actually raises your stats, and every stat buff you get debuffs your stats. That was so hilarious. Tyler, I cheered Tyler, for my <laughs> Tyler cheered for your team. Uh yeah, my defense was harshly, harshly lowered. lowered. <laughs> you text me all caps. I lowered your defense. <laughs> I was really confused for a second, but yeah. That was, this, that was so funny. Just, and then, uh, I don't know. You get some really memorable moments in this yeah, as well. Definitely. When you work as a team, uh, it's just really fun having, you know, everything come together and, you know, you have a strategy that you're uh, employing. Uh, I had 
one where you're fighting Xerneas and just everyone was on the same la- same wavelength. Light screen reflect, flash cannon lower the special defense. Dynamite wreck them. Steel type. They just, they just you just wreck them. Have you encountered a Zygarde yet? No, I've not. Zy- okay, so this is the first time. Like this might as well be Pokemon Z. I've heard Zygarde, that Zygarde's like the most terrifying legendary like in, in the series. Zygarde is really tough in especially in this because it has power construct as its ability. Where if you get it below half health, it turns into its one hundred percent form. And that Ooh. thing I believe that thing has a higher base stat total than Arceus. <laughs> so he absolutely destroys you. He has he has two separate moves that hit the entire party. He has got Land's Wrath. Thousand Arrows is a ground-type move that can hit flying types. It can also pull you out of bounce and fly. That's ridiculous. So, like, you gotta debuff that thing. You gotta set up screens if you can. I had someone to guard. I was doing a fucking <laughs> Zygarde. I ran into a Zygarde. I had some person who with an Alcremie. She used Decorate, which is a move that that <laughs> raises... that. Raises your special attack and attack, and she used decorate on the Zygarde. And you're like, like, why? (laughs) Why? Why are you doing? Was that an NPC or an actual person? That was an actual person. Oh my god! (laughs) What are you doing? I I I used Alchemy like the other day, and it's actually pretty good Gigantamax Pokemon. Yeah, because it it heals your your yeah when you use Fairy type move. Yeah, pretty good. Had a Fairy type move. She had dazzling kept using magical leaf i'm like what are you doing that's what is that when you text me some people you just like it's just brain dead they're just yeah. brain dead. <laughs> somehow we actually won we actually won that battle so you got you have zygarde so i have i got zygarde but man uh, you know you get a you get a varied amount of uh of experiences in it but you know even the ones that are crazy and like weird you can laugh about later usually yeah so. definitely uh also one of the new rewards that you can get from doing this is the ability patch, which can change a Pokemon's ability to their hidden ability, which is something that was originally not, like, that was unheard of before. Did you, you know the, that you can get that for free? You don't have to get the Dynamite yes, one? I, yeah, okay. if you catch Necrozma. Necrozma, you get one ability patch for free, but uh, the ability patch costs in the shop 200 Dynite Ore. It's not hard to get Dynite or if you play It's really off. not. Like you can you can really grind out these pretty fast. Uh I, I was about to say I already have four hundred. I spent like over one hundred on some XP candies to level up some of the, the Pokemon yeah. I was EV training. <laughs> same, same here. So but you know, I can buy the ability patch whenever I want. And I don't know if you can use this on legendaries. Because if so, that's gonna shake up the competitive scene a lot. It is for sure. But uh Yeah, I completely lost what I was about to say. Do you have anything to say? <laughs> I was going to do some cons for the DLC because there are some things I don't like. So yeah. I think the biggest miss is missing on legendary themes. Oh, like, for I get, sure. Yeah. I get that they're in dens, but the ones that you encounter in the overworld, like the Reggies have their themes, which I appreciate. I actually think everyone in the overworld oh. has a different theme. Like, yeah, the Galarian <laughs> bird theme yeah, is very good, new, and it's a banger that they did right. So yeah, but, Galarian Birds is good. The Reggies is great. Uh, Peony's theme's awesome. Oh yeah, no, Peony's theme is great. Uh, the so there's no theme for the Justice Trio, which is not oh that's great. such a dude. I would have loved it. The the Unova Legendary track again. It's oh, it would have been so good. I might have to cut that in right here. The uh, ju- the Sword to Justice Trio. 
Well, that's a great. That's it's great. So, it's so intense. And then, yeah, just, I think you can have. I don't think it would hurt to have the legendary theme. There is different music for the legendaries and the dens, and it's okay, it's still pretty good. The one thing Sword yeah. and Shield does good is the all the music's good. I think. Yeah, it's all all the music is good. In but this game. yeah, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have killed to put some legendary themes in there. Uh, the oh my god, the NPCs in the <laughs> dens. Yeah, like they give me a brain hemorrhage. Like there, some of them <laughs> are so unbelievably dumb. Like I can like just you can't explain. You just can't explain it sometimes. Yeah, because you it, keep you keep the uh, the HP that you're currently at. Yeah. After each battle, so there's no like recovery unless you get like a berry or you switch yeah. out your Pokemon. And some NPCs they'll be like full health. They'll have a Pokemon that's strong against the legendary, and then there's another NPC who's at like one health status conditioned so, so the yesterday we were doing we were doing the we were doing a, we found a Reseram and yeah. it, it pops up i think as dragon yeah and literally we had just beaten like a dragon there with like all these great moves and someone took it and then they encountered a scientist and they immediately switched it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> immediately switched it out i'm like oh my god what are you doing <laughs> Nelux, which got one hit by Fusion Flare. I'm like, oh my <laughs> god! I like, I like went to my knees. I was yeah. in so much pain. Uh, yeah. So the NPCs aren't great, but you know, what? Dude, that's what you get when you play with NPCs. And the only other thing I had was in the Calyrex mission, there was way too many stoppages for like these little tiny cutscenes that weren't needed. Yeah, I mean, I think I feel like I've like been accustomed to that from Sword and Shield. So I don't think I noticed it. it as much, and I was also intrigued by the story very much. Yeah. So I was kind of into it. But yeah, there are a lot of stop like you. The one thing that or the one part that definitely shows us off is when you they're like, hey, mayor's not here. Go to the go to the graveyard. So you go to the graveyard. I have a cutscene with the mayor. He's like, oh, hey, you found me. Come back to my house in the village. Yeah, that You're was like, like, God, why? <laughs> I just found you, old man. Like, just stay I here came all the way out here and now you're telling me to go right back to where I was. But. Yeah, uh. I I feel like that's just a sword and shield thing, uh, not necessarily a specific gripe with this uh, DLC, but it is still uh, apparent in it. So I can definitely see where you're coming from there. All right. So do you want to wrap it up by giving it a score? Uh, one more con that yes. for the Dynamax raid dens, where uh, yeah, we we complained about the NPCs. Uh, something I've been running into lately is people AFKing uh, when you're playing online <laughs> with them. So, like, if you leave your switch and you and the move timer runs out, your Pokemon will do a move. Like, it's not just going to make you do nothing. Like, they'll pick a yeah. random move for you to do. So, in a in theory, you can be like, "Oh, I'm going to leave my switch where it is. I'm going to walk away, and then uh, we're going to be done." Uh, which you know is kind of counterintuitive because then you can't catch anything. Yeah, uh, because I think it defaults to don't catch the Pokemon. But I, I think it's I don't too. know. I've been running into some people who just seem it's gotta be the AFK because they just like the the timer the move timer was all the way down to zero, or at least it, it feels like it does because you know when you pick a move the timer goes away. Mm-hmm. But I wish there was a way to stop people from AFKing because it takes so long. Like if they do that at the beginning of a uh, an, of an adventure. It's probably going to take like double the length because you oh have to wait God. for the entire. It's like forty. Period. It's like forty-five seconds too. It's long. It's a long move timer, so I don't know. That's a very minor gripe that is not really the fault of the DLC itself, but 
that's just something I would advise you to watch out for, and to which is why the online community, which is why it would be good to find a you know a group of people to to do it with. That way, you yeah, avoid sure. things like that, which are just kind of intrinsic in finding random people on any online game. But yep, on to the scores. I'll, I'll let you do that since do it first, since I have uh, been rambling on for probably the majority of this episode. So overall, best part of Sword and Shield. I already said that. A lot more pros than cons. Uh, I think this is with it. So within the structures of Sword and Shield, again, within those confines and what it has to offer, eight and a half out of ten is what I gave it. So, wow, that's way higher than I thought you'd put it. No, uh, I really enjoy it. It it did it did the impossible. It got me to play Sword. <laughs> it did the impossible. So, and yeah, I enjoyed well. it. Like. I didn't try. I didn't. I didn't like try to hate it. I kept an open mind. I'm like, okay, I actually kind of like this. There's a lot more put into this than there was in Isle of Armor and just the base game in general. So, mm-hmm. yeah, eight and a half out of ten for me. And the fact that when you play all through the DLC, it's actually rewarding. You actually feel like you completed something. So, yeah, I eight and a half out uh, of ten for me. Best part of the game by far. Wow, I was gonna give it like a. I was actually gonna give it a lower score, but damn. Uh, Go ahead, then. I don't know. I, I know my my the first thought that came to my mind was it's an eight out of ten. Like it's yeah, it's a good addition. I really like it. It got me back into uh, playing Pokemon again. Uh, you know, obviously I've been I'd still been keeping up with Pokemon, but as far as playing Sword and Shield goes, I haven't really had any reason to really pick it up again. Besides, if I wanted to shiny hunt uh, by Masuda methoding, which isn't very exciting, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I believe I'm, I'm, I think I might tie you on your score 8.5 out of 10 because I just feel mostly the same way you do. It's, it's yeah. by far the best part of Sword and Shield. It is probably going to make me keep playing for a little bit at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's still a lot like even now there's still a lot more I have yet to do in this expansion, like catch all the collect all the legendaries. And, uh, you know, the way that you do that has not yet gotten boring and, yeah, uh, I don't really foresee it doing so for a while now. So this game has me want to complete the deck so I can get the shiny charm. Your shiny, I know. Yeah, like, like this is probably the most fun way of shiny hunting because you get oh, a whole yeah. lot of suspense. Like, ooh, we're taking on this Pokemon. This could be shiny at the end. This would be really yeah. cool uh, because you don't see them as shiny in the actual battles. You only see mm-hmm. it after the fact. So yeah. you know, adds a lot of suspense. You're also catching a legendary and you're doing all this stuff. Uh, so yeah, eight point five. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. Like I'm, All right. that, I'm that All impressed right. with what they did. I'm gonna give it a nine because it, you know, it it really just satisfied me as a Pokemon fan in every way I could have imagined. The adventure aspect is brought back. You really feel like you're going on a journey and exploring uh, this new region. Uh, it's much bigger than the Isle of Armor, which is much. good. Uh, a lot of nice. Honestly, the one thing that I didn't really care too much about was the returning Pokemon. No, I because uh, I team and i'm ob- and i replaced like my entire team entirely with legendaries by the end of it because <laughs> i think that's really fun to do it's funny uh, but yeah I'm, I'm gonna give it a 9 out of 10 because we also forgot to talk about the galarian star tournament yeah we did <laughs> yeah i was about to say we are this this episode is already entirely sword and shield do you want to yeah we can do it we can do it real quick so star tournament i think is cool i think it's unique to are you forced to Team up with Hop in the beginning? At the beginning, yes, you're forced to... For the first one that you do, yeah, uh, that unlocks it for the rest of the post-game, yeah. uh, you have to team up with Hop. So, yeah, it was me and Hop. I carried his ass. Of course. And 
Yeah, I just think it's fun to do. I I did another one with Nissa. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do I'm gonna try to just do one with as many as I can. I'm really trying yeah. to get that Leon team up so we can just kind of like clean up. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's fun. And if you ever are, you will never need to get Look money, money again ever yeah. again because you're gonna get a million dollars after you win the first one. So that's true. Yeah, that gives you a million free dollars. A even, million dollars. Even the ones you do after, you get like ninety thousand, eighty thousand bucks. Yeah, especially if you like, who you beat, like Mustard and Leon, give you like seventy thousand cash. Like it's yeah, crazy. especially if you, I don't even have the amulet coin on, and I get it. No, oh, yeah, cash. same here. So uh, yeah, I think is, it's a good addition. It is not like the world tournament in Black and White wow. Two. This is not like competitive, you know, level scaling. You can bring in a full level one hundred team and just sweep everybody and also you get to keep your full team whereas every other trainer in the thing has three you get to keep your full six makes no sense (laughs) so you can just absolutely tear apart the competition doesn't really matter who you're teamed up with Uh, i like the interactions that they have yeah i do Uh, too i don't you know there's not like a huge amount of them for any given person there's usually like one or two and then you know you're done but Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of combinations so it's fun to you know run into a new combination and see how they talk to each other really uh, fleshing out the characters of Sword and Shield more, which again is one of its main strengths, which you know I believe Sword, uh, Crown Tundra used utilized very well, uh, and this is just another example of that. So I'm still doing the Galarian Star tournaments. I will. I want to get at least one win with uh, every every pairing I can find. So yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, again, another thing that uh, incentivizes me to keep playing, where Isle of Armor definitely uh, did not provide. No, so. did not for sure. Yeah, that is, I believe, finally, that is the everything. Crown Tundra review. That's everything we have for the Crown Tundra. As you can see, uh, much longer than uh, than uh, than my brief Isle of Armor review way back. Yeah, listen, it's, it's fun to talk about good things, and this is good. It is. So. Yeah, time flies when you're when you're having fun and talking about things you enjoy. And uh, Crown Tundra definitely delivers. Uh, if you're a Pokemon fan, uh, do you think it's worth uh, buying? The 30? DLC alone for for Crown Tundra because you do have to buy them both. You can't buy them separate, unfortunately. I don't know. I will say this for those who don't have the game yet, it's worth the ninety. Like getting oh, wow, it really? intertwined with the story, like intertwined with Sword and Shield. I think it's worth the ninety. I think that's the good purchase because, I, like you said earlier, Isle of Armor I think is meant to be played within the confines of the story. That's true. Crown, I, I Tund- Crown Tundra is definitely post game, like afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my view on it, uh, if you're a Pokemon fan and you already have the game, I think you should buy it. Definitely, Like, Crown Tundra even uh, makes Isle of Armor worth more than it is in normally, so. Yeah. But I don't know. If, you're, if you don't have the game yet, I don't know if I'd advise you to, first of all, buy the base game anyway, or second of all, dish out the extra 30 for uh, that content that really only uh benefits you in the post game uh you know besides isle of armor but even still i'm not sure if that would be worth the purchase but uh in the end definitely makes uh sword and shield better and that's really all that matters uh, all that uh really matters now so yeah that is crown tundra uh hopefully you guys are still uh with us after that complete just one track Pokemon conversation. One track Pokemon conversation. Is I think we have a. I was about to say, do you have a lot? Do you have other stuff that you want to throw in I real quick? T- I have two more small things we can toss in here at the end. All right, go for it. So, 
for in other news, um, <laughs> in other news, an hour in. So, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon: The Blade of Light is going to be available to the United States, I guess, the Western audience for the first time ever. It is the first ever Fire Emblem game with uh, Marth from Super Smash Bros. Yeah, and yeah, six bucks on the eShop. I think you can. Is it available now? Can you get it now? I don't know. I I very briefly. I don't, that. I don't actually. I actually don't think it's available. I don't think it's available right now. I'm but not sure. This has this again is a limited release up until <laughs> March 31st, which has people thinking that on March 31st, 2021, Nintendo is just going to declare bankruptcy. So again, don't know why they're doing this, but it features 25 chapters, 50 playable characters, and 20 unique classes. Wow. 30 megabyte download. And there's a pretty cool anniversary edition that comes with it. So if you're interested in that, but yeah, uh, Shadow Dragon, Blade of Light, another Fire Emblem game coming to coming to, to the Switch. The first one ever, actually. And it's obviously it's been revamped to meet yeah. the graphical standards of today's game. Oh wait, so, oh wait, really? Wait, is that really? So it's still like eight bit, but it's like revamped. Oh, okay. Because I was about to say, I yeah, it's not. It's not like three. It's not like three D. Where okay, okay. So it's still like pixelated, but it's been it's still pixelated. Yep. Oh, okay. I didn't. Re- I didn't realize it was. I I had heard this news. I didn't really uh, delve too much into it, but yeah. I did not know that. So that that's actually very. That's actually very cool. I like that a lot. And then finally, uh, so N- Nintendo is going to reveal some game sales November fifth. So within the next couple of weeks, they're going to reveal some totals. They're going to oh, update yeah, all their. Games. Yep. They're going to update all their games. So it's already been speculated that Animal Crossing is in serious, is in serious contention to pass Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as number one, which is ridiculous. That is nuts. <laughs> it's going to, uh, Breath of the Wild and Smash Bros are officially going to hit the 20 million club. So there's going to be four games at 20 million with. Yeah, Sword and Shield probably going to get there too if I put money on it. Sword and Shield's probably going to get there as well. That's insane. And, of course, everyone's been clamoring 3D All-Stars. Well, 3D All-Stars has 1.8 million digital copies in its opening period. (laughs) 1.8 million digital. So that would put it 23rd highest already, just digital copies. We're going to get a firm total on what actually happened. Yeah, in a couple weeks here. So again, opening type, opening period. So that's a very short amount of time. One point eight million digital downloads. Mm-hmm. It's been over a month since that's come out. So I would imagine that is obviously a much higher number. But yeah, it's gonna be yeah. interesting to see what games moved up, what games stayed where they're at. Uh, I'm looking forward to most to see. It's a damn shame that this is coming on November fifth and not like December fifth because I want to see what Hyrule Warriors does. But yeah, yeah. Just again, we don't get these updates very often, so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see Animal Crossing's final uh, form, <laughs> fi- final influence on this, uh, at least for you know for the bulk of its existence uh, alongside uh, these other landmark titles. Uh, I don't know. This could really, this could change. I, I think New Cro- New Crossings, New Horizons has really. I think it's going to be a real landmark title for the series. It, just looking back in a few years, like th- mm-hmm. this could change the perception of Animal Crossing even more uh, than it already was back when uh, New Leaf 
uh, yeah. came out. So I don't know. This could. I mean, obviously, Nintendo is always going to have its big three. It's going to have Mario. It's going to have Zelda. It's going to have Pokemon. Those are its normal big three. But Animal Crossing might serve to you know at least get itself maybe on even the route the Mount Rushmore of Nintendo. I was about uh, to say if it's not in the S tier, it's definitely in the A. I think. Now. Yeah, it's it's climbing the ranks. So I'm I'm yeah. really excited to see where it ends up, just because you know it's a very unique Nintendo game. Uh, obviously, it has its flaws, but overall a very you know a, a very good addition to the library oh and my god yeah incredible i'm i'm hoping i'm hope i'm glad it's gotten the the huge cultural recognition that it deserves and i i really can't wait to see when the hype if the hype will ever uh die down it's gonna win also, quarant- it's gonna win quarantine game of the year oh for sure also i realized that uh in the trailer, my lighting is going to progressively. Go- <laughs> I'm in the void right now. <laughs> so you can't see a thing. <laughs> the trail, the, the trailer is definitely. Go- oh wait, hang on. There we hey, go. hey. So you're <laughs> you're gonna see me uh, in the trailer uh, for this episode. Probably go in and out of darkness for yeah, a little. Tyler, bit. Tyler fell into a legendary den while he was doing a raid. So let's say the visual, the visual representation of my tunnel vision. Talking about. Pokemon Crown Tundra. It's like that toad from Paper Mario where he's just looking through the telescope. Yeah, and just, looking just through the you. telescope. Just me. But uh, is that everything you got? That's everything I got. Crown Tundra's probably going to hold us over until Hyrule Warriors, which is... Which is something I never fast, thought I would say. Fast I would say approaching. Some exciting video game stuff coming up. Uh, sorry. Crown Tundra obviously out now. We have Hyrule Warriors coming in a few short weeks. Pikmin 3 is out this week. Pikmin 3. This is release week for Pikmin. Pikmin. Pikmin 3, which is great. Pikmin 3 uh, is out this week. The new season of uh, Apex Legends, uh, personal favorite of mine, is coming out uh, early November as well. Yeah. Not, so, not Nintendo news. The console wars are finally going to kick off here. Oh, yeah, they're going to kick uh, off soon. Yeah, the PS5 and the Xbox, Series X are going to be coming Xbox. out in uh, yeah. November, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's... So. I get, I, Big big moves for gaming coming up, and all and all that in the game awards show. Kind of crazy because we yeah, were talking about all this award stuff like last year on this podcast, which is kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, so that's gonna conclude episode twelve of season two of the Switch It Up podcast. So hope you guys enjoyed that Crown Tundra filled episode. And if you have mixed opinions on it now, we hope that we gave you a clear sense. It's good, so that's it is good. Yes, we say all that to say this. It's good, and we enjoyed it. So, of course, if you want to follow the page, you can do so at the descriptions below. But I'll say them here now because I know them so well. Twitter at Switch Up Pod, Instagram Switch It Up Podcast underscores in between each word. There, emails down in the description below. We'd love to hear your guys' feedback, so leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen. I check those pretty often, so. Love to hear you guys' feedback. What do you like? What do you not like? What do you want to see more of? All that good stuff. Want to make the show cater towards you guys. Individual accounts at Colby underscore Moyer on both Twitter and Instagram. For Twitter, it's at Tyler Samsel for me. And on Instagram, it is at tsamsel11. Uh, I found the tweet that I was about to mention before you went into this. Uh, November has just a lot of stuff going on. On the 10th, it's the Xbox Series X, Watch Dogs, Legions, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Sakuna, Maneater, and Yakuza. On the 12th, it's the PS5 release, Godfall, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Demon's Souls. Uh, on the 13th, it's Kingdom Hearts, Melody, and COD Cold War. On the 19th, it's Cyberpunk 2077. And on the 20th, it's Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. And that is only within a 10-day spread. 
craziness around the corner. Wallets craziness are gonna be flying. It's a great time November. to be. It's a great time to be a gamer. We, it's a, just a, always a great time to be a gamer. So with, with that parting, uh, just massive uh, happening on the horizon. Uh, a very good night, gamers, or morning, or whenever you're listening to this, and uh, we hope to see you on the next one. Save them checks, gamers. You're going to need it. <laughs>